Hello, and welcome to the Marysville Journal-Tribune podcast. My name is Michael Williamson, and I'm here today with... Mac Cordell, reporter. Kayleen Petrovia, reporter. Ali Lanassa, reporter. And Chad Williamson, I'm the managing editor at the Journal-Tribune. All right, so today we're going to begin by talking about uh, the restoration project that's kind of being discussed in the village of Richwood, uh, and that's with the historical building there in town called the Richwood Opera House. Uh, over the years, it's kind of fell into disrepair. Over the last year or so, the, the village members have kind of formed a committee and started to look at ways to to bring the, the building back um, and looked at you know potential funding avenues, looked at potential uses for the building um, if and when it's restored. Um, and so we're going to use that conversation as uh, kind of the jumping off point, but I'm sure we'll also uh, mention, you know, as, as there are a number of uh, small communities around Union County, uh, other communities face similar conversations of what to do with historic buildings in their kind of uptown, downtown districts. So, um, so we're going to, we're going to start the conversation there. Uh, so where, where would you guys like to begin? You know, I think Allie, Allie's been covering this. Uh, how long have you been working on the opera house? Uh, seven so, months, I guess. Seven months. And, been covering they they have a lot of meetings up there that's <laughs> one thing they are doing is they are meeting and they are discussing it but Allie's been sitting in on the meeting so I think uh she should probably get most of the background on this and the rest of us are just kind of here for color I guess <laughs> sure so I guess I'll start with the background so the building was established in 1890 and then it was meant to be a town hall for local government to hold the police department fire department and they wanted to have some entertainment there as well um which then later on it became the Opera House and the Union Theater was there. So it has had a lot of uses um, throughout the years. In 2010, the virtual police um, moved out of the building and went into what is the Mill Chevrolet building um, and council is there now as well. So in 2019, they discovered there was a big leak and that the second floor was caving in um, and there's been a lot of problems with that and so the main mission right now is to save the roof and to reshore up that floor so that the building could be sustainable Um, but that is very costly as we know Um, and the roof itself is about a hundred thousand dollars to repair permanently for long-term use but the entire building is going to be like millions of dollars to repair And so they're struggling to figure out what to do because they have this set phase that they want to do where the first phase was to stabilize the building with roof repair. Then second phase would be to design the layout for the building, determine the future use, which then kind of brings in the feasibility study and the architectural design. Um, And in that phase, they really need to raise funds because they're very limited. Right now, they have about $5,350 in their fund that is left. So what have they what have they used money for so far? Sure. Have, it, have they gotten the roof shored up? Because I get if, if the roof's leaking, that thing's going to just crumble. It's yes. going to go to nothing. So it's shored up now. It's temporary. It's not the permanent fix. But um, they, within, since 2020, they have paid um, Meyer Restoration Incorporated about $77,000 to shore up the roof and for scaffolding. And they also paid Meyer about $9,680 to raise the roof line and measure the floor to make sure that the uh, weight of the scaffolding wouldn't have a negative effect. And they've also paid Derwachter and Associates 
about $6,450 for an engineering assessment. So they've spent a lot of money within the last two years to repair the roof. And that's not the permanent fix though. That's, that's not just the permanent to slow fix. it down or give them some mm-hmm. time to Cuz okay. that's we're leading up to what would be like a rubber roof that would go mm-hmm. on top it isn't even the the best quality roofing material that they want in the long term to save it. It's kind of just to prevent further leaking and damage to the building and to get it for short term use to get people into the building and have a Is resident. that a 1 year fix? Is that a 5 year fix? Is how long will that last? They haven't specifically put like a timeline year range on it. I think it would be more than like five years. It's, it's got to give them it's, ten. It's got to give them ten otherwise, or more. Seventy-seven thousand dollars, isn't it? Isn't nothing, right? You know? No, I, I understand that. That's a Is the amount. idea for this essentially stay in place until they have the money to put something more permanent? Then yes, and yes. even an idea. That's what's kind of crazy about it. Is that I mean. But this is the way these things start, you know. Mm-hmm. As I've said, every, there's always buildings that people want to save, but having an idea on where to get the money or what to do with it, that's that's what gets me a lot of times with some of these buildings is, well, it's got to be saved. What do you want to do with it? Well, just save it. Right. Just It'll just be empty. And, and empty buildings just deteriorate. So That's the challenge because I don't think it's agreed upon. The committee hopes that the town hall would want to use it as that purpose again but i don't see the council in favor of that um the police department has voiced that they don't want to move out of the chevrolet building have you have you toured that building what's in the second I, floor i have is toured it a the basketball building. court or something yes yeah, like so this? up above there was basketball courts um there was a small room for like the police chief and like council chambers and the whole bottom which is where they've been doing a lot of the cleaning for was like the um the base for the fire department so that's been the focus right now to clean it out just to maybe let people tour the bottom i covered i covered council meetings there in the 90s and the council was meeting downstairs at that point okay they in a tiny room not much bigger than this thing we're in right now like it was a tiny room but they may have been driven out of (laughs) <laughs> something upstairs where they met prior to that or something right. so yeah but like so you saw it in disrepair yes i so have what's never it seen like? it oh, <laughs> yes i've never seen it when it obviously was it used to be um it is in bad shape but i think if they could raise the funds it could be saved because the exterior is in good shape the inside is what's damaged from water and from just it, it's been neglected in the inside because no one's taken care of it for like a decade now and no one's been in there to clean it there when we went in to clean there was bourbon everything era. you could imagine bourbon era. probably i know the armory <laughs> when they when they kind of let the second floor of the armory down here go on on fourth uh, street boy that i went i toured that one time when they were trying to save it and it was loaded with bourbon era. i was like wow just it's amazing how that happened that's what did we talk about that? That's what happened at Casa Fiesta. Mm-hmm. That was an open restaurant, and they had a leak, but they had out of sight, out of mind at the upstairs, and it leaked down and kind of weakened the wall. And then when that derecho came through, it just toppled the whole building. Those upstairs leaks where people aren't up there every day, they'll 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 tear a building down. So yes. they're probably lucky there's not worse structural damage from that. Absolutely. And they found that there's also another leak that's larger by the bell tower and that was not originally budgeted because they didn't know about it they only knew about the roof leak 
and it needs to be decided is that the village responsibility because the village owns the building or is the committee fund that they're establishing to save the opera house going to have to take care of this bell tower leak as well and that has not been decided yet well i don't think they want to let the village make that decision the village will just probably abandon it and let it go i mean if that thing's going to be saved in any regard i mean that the city might the village might partner a little bit does the clock still work I believe it does. It's not currently operational. That like because electricity and all has been turned off in the building. I believe. Well, um, you know what their town motto is, right? We're Where the clock strikes hospitality. hospitality. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, the clock's not turned on now, so uh, the hospitality must have went left town also. Turned the lights off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yes. I just I just wonder like that's the things you think about or. Because you know, Plain, I know Plain City did a big restoration on there, mm-hmm. just the clock portion a few years ago. And, and I know that they brought it up in the meetings that if they cannot save the whole building, they want to save the clock and put it somewhere else because they could restore the clock. Um, I know that just because no one's in there, like certain things are turned off and they're not using it, obviously, the same way they would be if people were inside the I building. I don't know why it strikes me funny. Right. They just saved the top. <laughs> put it on the Mill Chevrolet building. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to put it in the middle of the park or something. Like, there's nowhere where that fits. I just wonder what they would do if they just saved the clock. Where, where are you going to put that? They'll make a roundabout and put it in the middle of the <laughs> So, you know, I just, I don't know. That always strikes me funny. That's, boy, the idea that, that they would ever bring that back to the point where it would be a village hall again mm-hmm. is aggressive because it's just the building was made in a, what'd you say when was it built 1890 1890 originally. i mean and it's had some restorations obviously over the years think about what the needs uses. of a police department or a fire department yeah. or the right. village were in that at yeah. that time and it's and i think that can kind of relate to plain city mm-hmm. situation plain city actually just sold their well they're finalizing the sale of their former municipal building and i toured that over the summer and the building is kind of two separate structures at one point operated as the fire department and then also the municipal offices and at one point it was just a residential home one of the oldest homes in the village and I think there was a desire to maybe restore this to the point that it could function as the governmental offices but the amount of money that would needed that would have been needed to be put into that was just too much for the village to do to the point where they decided we're just going to build a whole new municipal building and they are able to save the municipal building the former site but a private business had to come in and purchase that and say we're going to invest literally millions of dollars to essentially gut it and redo the entire interior so it's kind of a similar situation where the outside is still this beautiful historic building that's kind of a touch point of the village but the government itself just didn't have the capacity to restore it to the point where it could function and especially in a growing village even if they wanted to restore it I don't think it offered the size that they would have needed or would have been the facility I know you were there before me too Max so you saw it in a state before absolutely then. and I remember you know even the old Plain City Elementary School mm-hmm. when it became clear that some things were happening with the, the municipal building and they thought hey we maybe need to look for a new home Plain City or Jonathan Alderhead recently built the new elementary school and that the the elementary school in town was empty and the village looked at buying it 
and I think would have gotten a favorable deal likely from the from the school district but ultimately that building what it would have cost to make it functional and I don't know that the police station that there would have been anything they could mm-hmm. do to make that fit the police station with the mm-hmm. needs and the security needs that a police station has I don't know that there's any amount of money they could have dumped into that building to have made it functioning to make it a to make it a functioning police station right. so the wiring and and the fiber oh, yeah. and and everything that right. goes mm-hmm. into a modern villager city hall police mm-hmm. department oh, and yeah. now you're drilling into bri- old brick and mortar and, and bricks, probably right. creating bigger problems and than something interesting before. too is the um ordinance in place in plain city that regulates historic buildings is in place for the municipal buildings so they have to be careful about how they change things as well because they're trying to preserve the history of it on top of that. So that's a little easier for a private business that's coming in and knows those regulations as opposed to something that's trying to change a late 1800s, early 1900s building to facilitate a growing village's police department. And you think at least at least Plain City is a growing mm-hmm. village. Mm-hmm. Richwood's kind of on its own up there you know they're mm-hmm. not they're not getting a lot of growth and and things like that you know commercially industrial or otherwise not a lot to help with their village coffers and like there's no way this is going to be a village project i mean if, it, if it's up to the village it's going to mm-hmm. have to go and honestly i don't know that there's enough churches and donors and things like that up there that are help it which really only leaves one thing it would be as if they would find some type of grant or they would get the county to step in and help help bail that thing out and you know not to put the county on the spot but the only restoration projects i've ever seen work long term Mm -hmm. are county backed or a private business uh tim dawson out in plain city is doing Mm -hmm. a lot of things with some of the old buildings down there and he's putting a lot of sweat equity into that honestly um but the county has a history of of grabbing buildings like uh, the old Sixth Street School building they rehabbed and they use that as offices now. You know they had the other building. There were two schools there. You guys probably don't know. You know where the county building is. Mm-hmm. There was kind of a mirror image school on Seventh Street also, and they bought both and rehabbed the one. Now that other one they used for a short time. We had created. <laughs> start going into history (laughs) we had created we had a huge backlog of people that needed to serve jail sentences because we only had limited space at that time were we in i can't remember where we were sending people back then because it had been before tri-county it would have been before tri-county i guess maybe it was while we still had our jail Mm -hmm. open but we didn't have very many beds there so they had all these people that were kind of low-grade offenders that just had three or three days or whatever so they turned the gym into just this cot hut and let people leave to go to work, but they had to come back, check in, and sleep there. Almost like emergency places during a storm. That's yeah. exactly that's exactly right. So they used that for a while, but then eventually it wasn't worth saving. They tore it down, and now they just park sheriff's cruisers there, essentially. <laughs> it's that other spot, you know, the Carnegie Library here in town another example of a building that everybody wants to save but okay what's it going to be well we don't know it's just a, it's a really cool old building all right well who's going to buy it well you know somebody should and and that's the problem and 
I hate to say it, but this is the kind of the vibe I get in in Richwood. Like they're really motivated. There's a lot. I mean, they've had a lot of meetings. They have. They usually do two times a month. Two times a month, and they don't yet really have a plan for. And I'm not talking about funding. Funding's rough to find. But what do they want to do with it? Like the vision of what it is going to be. Otherwise, you're just sinking money into something, and you don't. Funding is hard enough as it is. If you don't have a vision to cast in front of people of, hey, here's what your, fu- if you want to donate to this, it's not just you're donating to an old building. Save a you're, building, why? Well, I don't know. Yeah, right. It's, it's an old building. If you can say, hey, we're going to create a town hall, we're going to create a community, a community center, center, we're going to create whatever it is. Emergency um, housing, whatever, yeah. People will like donate to that, but. Or if you're getting grants, or, you know, you might be able to tailor it to grants, you're, you're asked to grants, or. I don't know if the county would ever be willing to get involved in that, but you know, you've got a better shot if you've got a clear idea of what you want to do with it and it's a necessity. Do they kick around anything like that up there at these meetings that you're sitting on? They talk about some everyone kind of has a different opinion of what it should be used for. They wanna have a venue space for entertainment or for people to rent out for celebration of some sort so they want to put that on either the top floor or on the bottom whatever maybe has the most room but they also have to consider accessibility in that building because Mm -hmm. it would need an elevator it would need to be compliant in today's standards which make it really difficult to make it a public space and really limit the options just the hvac ability to heat and cool that thing yeah i bet i mean yeah, I forgot all about an elevator. Yeah, creating didn't an elevator even, is... Didn't even think about an elevator, yes. but that's true. And this, the problem with not finding the use yet has deterred and delayed the feasibility study to be done. Okay. So Sarah Barr is their consultant for that, but she hasn't started any work yet because she wanted them to have a detailed, informative pamphlet to be able to present to residents saying, this is what your funds will go to, this is what we're planning to do, but they haven't determined that. And then she also wants an architect to be able to provide a quote for the use and a drawing to also inform uh, residents. I'm sorry, but if they're gonna try to go, if they're gonna try to do it like they did the Avalon Theater here in town, that's not going to work in no. Richwood. There's not enough people. There's not enough people. There's not enough wealth. And it's a bigger building. That's a bigger ass than the Avalon would have been. And they had a lot of trouble with the Avalon funding. Right. I mean, it's been years. And a lot of that was, a lot of that is state money. What's, what's and they had, and corporate, yeah. they had corporate money. Like, that's not going to be available in Richwood. And you can't go door to door and expect people to pay. Absolutely. I don't even know how many millions they would need. That's right. just... and. Some of the funds that they are getting money from right now is they do the Richwood Coffee at Richwood Bank, but right now that's about $2,630. But still, that's not that much. Um, obviously, that's only a few thousand compared to millions that they need. Mm-hmm. And I know you said that the use is undetermined. They want it to be a town hall, ultimately. But has there at any point been any consideration that this becomes a commercial building or it's owned by a private entity? Have they attempted to sell it or discuss that or? Not completely. Um, they, when they met with the Union County Commissioners, Bob Parrott was there as representative of the Historical Society and he brought up that the committee, that's a subcommittee of the council that is working on this, that they should become a private entity and buy 
the opera house, but that's very expensive to do mm-hmm. in the process of setting up a fund to become a nonprofit, to be able to buy. And so it's a, it's a long process to do that. Um, even if the village was to make an agreement of, oh, we'll give it to you for a dollar, you know, just the process to be able to become mm-hmm. a private entity. I have not heard of any inquiries from anyone that would want to purchase it for a commercial use or right because generating the interest is one thing but if council has just completely ruled out we don't want this to be a commercial building I guess that would be another thing but it seems almost like to me if the ultimate goal is to save the building just make sure it's still there and they want to rent it out for weddings parties whatever it may be it seems like there might be a possibility to find a business that would be able to invest and want to do that but I didn't know if that was maybe off the table for council they they don't even want that if it was a possibility but we've seen the problems with that in Plain City where you have a private business and the fact that you just because Tim Dawson is coming in and fixing old buildings and repairing a block that was literally leaning Mm -hmm. like it looked like it was a pallets it was leaning so bad and people still there's still Mm -hmm. a significant level of people who don't like that so right but I think on the flip side too there are people and I think it's a sentiment shared by several council members in meetings that hey like if we want to save these buildings we have to be willing to welcome the businesses that want to put the money in to save them so i totally agree with you mac but i think it's kind of a trade-off for them obviously they're not going to let a business that they have no desire for right. whatsoever right and there are always going to be the parties that say hey it was better off before it was a pizza shop or whatever it may be but there are <laughs> there are still people who do feel like hey just the fact that this building is standing it's mm-hmm. operational it's kind of recalling the days when it used to be functional even if it was a totally different function people are going here they're patronizing it mm. they're enjoying the building and it still has he didn't change it that much i mean it mm-hmm. still has a look yeah there's some neon in there or whatever for open signs mm-hmm. but i mean it's still i think the character's still there yeah and on i that think block in place for City. sure and i think there's there are differing opinions as to whether it maintains enough of the history or not but ultimately their design review board said it does and those are the people who allow these changes to be made so if these are the people who are ruling yeah this is in accordance with our historical standards and you're preserving the history to our liking those are the people who make the decisions so our opinion is kind of moot at this point <laughs> and, the, you and know. the people the people that are never happy with it aren't doing a damn thing to save them they just think they should be saved. I, I can't stand that. I mean, there was a lot of that, get myself in trouble, but there was a lot of that with that Carnegie Library here in town where everybody agreed it should be saved, but it was the Methodist Church that ended up buying it to make space for a parking lot or a retention pond or whatever. They just wanted to expand mm-hmm. parking opportunities. And, you know, it got torn down and everybody thought it was such a terrible thing. and. My thinking at that time was, well, nobody else was stepping up. Like, it was there for a long time. You could have bought it very cheaply and done whatever you wanted to. There's a lot of people everywhere that just want to say, that thing should be saved. Oh, it should be brought up. You know, it should just, it's a piece of history. But nobody, governmentally, there aren't a lot of funding operation mechanisms for it. I mean, we've heard before that getting historical buildings just, just grants that just restore historical buildings are almost impossible to get 
you know, that, that funding's the, not there. So the other problem is that sometimes when you have historic buildings, they need to be brought up to historic standards, and you can't put a roof that looks like slate. Mm-hmm. You it have to put a slate. slate roof on, and and there are things that hey, we could save this building if we could do certain things, but they can't, so they don't, and then ultimately the building falls down, and you know you have to ask yourself, hey, is it is it better to have a this building that that represents our history and yes has a roof that looks like slate but isn't or is it better to have a mm-hmm. building that and think, gone? Think how, I'm telling you in the three years I've worked here I couldn't begin to tell you how much money they put in the Union County Courthouse and that building's used every day by people so if there's a leak people see it if there's a problem if there's a draft or whatever there's people in it so they know to fix things and they have had major renovations of that thing over the years, and it's used. And there's a maintenance staff there to keep it when going. When you start thinking about, and I mean, I don't know what it was about the around 1900, but it seems like everybody built big village halls in around 1900. And for the small villages, so many of them are becoming just like Richwood's Opera House or Plain Cities, you know, municipal buildings. They're just... There's no funding there to save them. And I think a lot of times small villages struggle to try to save these things. And, you know, they're already, Richwood's already 100,000 deep, probably more than that through the years. Right. And the, the problem is that if you are, if you're a village and you're a village resident and my street is terrible and, you know, I my curbs are crumbling and the street lights aren't on, I really struggle to say, Yes, we should put a hundred thousand dollars of village money that could be used to fix streets and and to to make things that actually help my life to save a building that hasn't been used. We don't know what we're going to use it for. Um, you know how do you how do you justify spending that money? Well, that that thing used to house the fire department, mm-hmm. the Northern Union County Fire Department, mm-hmm. in the back end of that thing, and they could barely fit the trucks in the doors mm-hmm, right. because it was built for smaller trucks. Mm-hmm. You know, so long ago, and that happens so often. So, okay, if you're going to take that building, you're going to try to restore it to its, you know, former purpose and get the fire department. Well, it doesn't even fit. Like, Mm -hmm, it it doesn't even work. So you go, they go outside of town and they build, you know, a big pole barn structure for a fraction of the cost that Mm -hmm. it would take them to renovate a building that still wouldn't meet their needs. And and so a village is money ahead. Like if if you're doing if Mill Chevrolet or I think that's what it was called Mm -hmm. where. Richwood moved into, it serves their purpose pretty well. It's got good parking, you know. But if that wasn't available, they would have almost been money ahead to build a little municipal building Mm -hmm. that served the police department and council's needs. Mm -hmm. They'd have still been far ahead Mm -hmm. of repairing this. And that's just the unfortunate truth. You want to bankrupt a village to try to save an old building that you Mm -hmm. still won't be able to really use. And I do want to clarify that from our archives, it said that the mayor said um, that in 2000, a councilwoman, Arlene Blue, became, began a restoration remodel fundraising drive for the town hall and raised approximately $150,000. So the money that's going towards the Opera House restoration is not village funds. Mm-hmm. It's its own line item right. in mm-hmm. the budget. Sure. So it's not like taxpayer money. Sure. That. But Just we're saying if, if you brought the village in as a partner mm-hmm. in this and tried to go that route. And that money is... Sounds like it's pretty close to being out. And well, and it's been spent. There's 
other things that have been repaired, like windows and things in the past that it's mm. already been spent on. Um, so I think they actually used they that money to get, I think at one point the, the clock wasn't chiming and they got that. I think they used that money to get that thing working again too. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, but at what point does it just become a money pit that, mm-hmm. with, and especially without the clear vision of what it's going to be mm-hmm. or what the use is going to be, you know, how far, for a village like Richwood, how far do you go down that rabbit hole mm-hmm. just trying to throw money at it to save it just because it should be saved? Right. Maybe it should be saved, you know, and, and grandma's ought to live forever, but it's just not the way it happens. You know, sometimes old buildings go away, mm-hmm. so better things maybe can come in. It's just... What? You're still stuck on the grandma's? No, 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 no. I'm just thinking, you know, that's a, that's a, you know, I I have that mindset and and I, you know, I'd love to see, I'd love to see old buildings stick around, but, you know, I don't, I don't love old buildings and for, again, for a village that has actual needs, I don't know how you justify spending the money, but I also know that that's an unpopular, that's an unpopular statement and, and that's a good way to get drummed out of town it, by it a certain group of and people. Yeah, maybe so. they should be saved, but there's no measure, there's no mechanism in place. Mm-hmm. And the council it. is very divided over whether to save it because the ones that sit on the committee are obviously in favor of it. Right. The other ones are really concerned about the cost and say we should have teared it down, torn it down, and made it a parking lot or made it a different <laughs> purpose. You know, use that space for something else. I remember that public meeting where the guy came up and spoke and. Was, I remember reading where the guy spoke and said he'd, but he put money into it right now. They just tear it down. And he was an older guy, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow, that is, that's not the sentiment you usually get out of you know older time residents." But I think that guy kind of recognized what this thing is becoming. Absolutely. And I remember that was a, that was a pretty jarring. You know, usually it's younger people that say, "Well, it's not worth it's not worth saving or whatever." But that was an older, I believe it was an older resident that said. He put ten dollars. I can't even remember what it was, but he made some statement that he he'd help or put money towards it right then to help tear it tear it down. Yeah, and from a meeting before I started the paper in twenty twenty, right before COVID hit, they had kind of a town hall meeting where people could come and um, voice their opinions, kind of what they saw the future of the Upper House to be. And at the time, Councilmember Eddie Brown said that he believed there were three options on the table for the building and it would be securing money to restore the building to make it usable or tear down the back half of the building while leaving the front entrance and the clock tower or tearing down the whole building. And so I think they're still kind of stuck on that even a year and a half later. What should they do? Because I don't know if they'll ever receive enough funds to restore the entire building. Mm -hmm. And they've been applying for grants and they're working on making the National Registry for Historic Places. but. They can't solely rely on donations. Mm-hmm. No. And I think it's kind of what Mac mentioned earlier, a matter of priority, whereas even if you do have the money, there are pressing things happening in the village too. I mean, people want their streets paved. People want money to go towards other things. And I think in several of the local communities, they've been able to push the, these things off and say, well, we'll spend it on other things for now. And then it comes to a point where the roof is leaking and it's almost now or never. And so I think it puts this sense of urgency where it's like, well, we have to figure out what we want to do now, which makes it very difficult to generate the funds necessary when it's just been pushed off for so long. And and that's what they're going to get into. They're going to get into a never-ending cycle of just generating enough money to fix 
the most pressing need, mm-hmm. whether it's the roof or the windows. Eventually, it's going to be a wall or a foundation. It's going to be something that's not, that $100,000 isn't going to fix. And at that point, you've begged, borrowed, and stole $500,000, million dollars or whatever from residents to keep patching, and then you still can't get enough to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And then you've got all those hurt feelings from all those people that – you know, whether they died and left, said donations, memorial donations can be made to the preservation fund. You've got all those hurt feelings of people that for years have been giving a lot of money to them personally, but it just can't get it. It's not enough and to get over like, the And they home. feel like they've been duped or, you, you know, know. Well, they're, they're you know, it's just, bit. it's where you put your money. You know, they care about it, but it's just not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not enough people. There's not enough industry. But people personally are putting money into these this thing, and at some point, you know, if it doesn't work out, they're gonna not feel cheated, but they're gonna be doubly disappointed because, mm-hmm. you know, they've they've sunk their own money into something that never, that never happened, and it's 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 bad, and it, and it's happening all over the place. It happens all the time, you know, and unless the county or I don't even know the state probably doesn't even jump in to bail things like that out. You know, there's just no there's no night riding in the town to. I think to your bail best bet would be, you know, whether this state uh, historical society or one of the one of the state's capital grants. You know that they the Avalon used a lot of state grant money, and they um, they've used over multiple cycles where they've received a million dollars here and whatever five hundred thousand this year in two years they got more um, you know I, I think your best I don't see the county stepping in they may step in and say hey if if the state Managing will do funds. yeah if the state will do this but but ultimately the county's also going to be at the point of hey how much do we have to sink in to actually get it? over the hump to where mm-hmm. we can fix it. Otherwise, we too, like the like the residents, are dumping good money after bad. Al, has anybody ever even estimated a top-end cost? In my mind, that thing's gonna cost $15 million easy to get up to speed. The size of that building. We said, if we had this amount, we would move forward, we would fix it, and in a year or in 18 months, we would have what we want. Has it, I don't know that I've ever seen like I don't think I've seen an exact. I've heard a lot that it's going to be in the millions, but I haven't heard like a specific number. It's a lot of work. Um, and but, they yeah. <laughs> they Look, are comparing three million dollars. Maybe they can figure out a way to get to that. Mm-hmm. If it's fifteen or twenty million dollars to still have the same old building that doesn't have a use, but it it's hard to say what that top end is if you don't know what what ultimately. The goal, mm-hmm. what it's going to be. I mean, if you're if you want to build a storage lot, mm-hmm. you can probably get that together right. for three million dollars. If you want to make it a viable mm-hmm. movie theater or performance arts center or you know, mm-hmm. village hall, police station, whatever, then your price tag goes up. Mm-hmm. But how do you how do you put a price tag on? Eh, maybe we'll, we don't know what it's going right. to be. But mm-hmm. and, and I, I think. To, oh, sorry. Go, no, um, go ahead. I was going to say going off of Max point oh well possibly the state could pitch in but if all you're telling the state is hey we want to restore this to what it used to be the state naturally is going to have questions well you want it to be a town hall but is that feasible at this point Mm -hmm. is that actually going to be useful for you so i think a lot of the funding issues come back to the use issues also and they'll bring up oh it could be a community family center 
Oh, it could. But it could. I know. But it could. It, it could. could. Yeah, it could. It right. could. Right. And there isn't a distinction of what it will be yet. And so many funding mechanisms. You know, you look at. You know, there's ODNR money available mm-hmm. for certain things. If they said we are going to create a nature, you know, a nature education center, mm-hmm. there would be money to state mm-hmm. money. You could target, you know, some historical preservation money as well as some ODNR money. Or if you said we're going to make it a performance arts center, you could get some historical money and some some arts council money. But if you don't know what it is, you can't target the ask. Right to anybody. And it's interesting because all of those are very niche uses. Right. And it seems like right now the propositions are very broad and overarching and maybe that's a benefit in a way to say, well, it could be used for a variety of purposes, but at the end of the day, no one of those purposes are pitching in. Are going to make the money. Exactly. Yes. And they are expecting about $50,000 in a capital grant. The problem is that money has already been allocated because $12,500 is Sarah Barr's quote for her feasibility study. $50,000 doesn't pay the heating bill. I mean, that's no $50,000. That's the problem is like kind of what we're saying, you know, honestly, a true study to figure out a need for that thing would probably cost more than they've put in the roof. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. sometimes those studies like that, that involve usage engineering, you know, feasibility funding mechanisms are $100,000 studies and they're having to use that money to patch the roof, you know, and you patch hope, the windows. You hope at that point it's a, it is an investment where they say, okay, here we paid $100,000, but what we did was we identified a need, we identified a funding mechanism, we, you know, were able to cast a vision out and, and maybe recoup that money. And at this point, they're just... They would, they would almost be better to identify something, almost identify a usage where they might be able to get the funding, what you were talking about, the, the niche type mm-hmm. things. Whether, and this this is clearly not what it would be used for, but like an abused woman's shelter mm-hmm. or things like that where you know they're willing to fund projects mm-hmm. for something like that and you, you know, you start tailoring your use to what can help with the renovation and get it funded. And ultimately keep the building. If that's your ultimate goal is we don't want this building to fall down, then you say, okay, ultimately we, woman shelter or whatever, that was not out, outdoor education center was not what we were hoping for, but priority one is keep the building up and that will meet that necessity. This so. is, this is going to sound terrible. We're used to it, Chad. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm an idea person, so... Has anybody has anybody approached the solar companies that are they located have. up north? So, Aaron Smith, who's the vice chair of the committee, has tried to contact the solar companies that have been in town, um, putting in the and to invite them. Farms. There's two north that far north, right? At least two mm-hmm. and two the Samsung. Now. Yeah, there's yeah. there's two that are there's two that are pretty well done deals, and and I think Samsung is far enough along in the pipeline that even changes their... And they're throwing some money around for anybody who has doesn't read our paper and doesn't mm-hmm. see that, you know, money into the schools and money into the county. And so they have around. invited them to come to meetings to kind of hear ideas. None of them have attended yet. Maybe one day they'll come. But the outreach has been there. It has okay. been on their mind to be able to try to make a partnership there. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And it seems like if the solar farms are potentially investing so much money in the schools, the idea of a community center makes sense if there are educational opportunities there of whatever kind they may be, if there's some idea that this is fostering the youth in our community and helping them. It'd be a crazy looking STEM school, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, crazier things have happened. I hate to say that like that, but you see Dublin turn an old office suite building like uh, Quest or something into a into a STEM school, multi you know, multi tier STEM school. You know, may as well use an old school like I hate to say it, but that might not be a terrible idea with the money that this the schools are getting. If you and clearly, if the state gave Marysville twelve million dollars mm-hmm. to rehab their old high school into a STEM school, right. if there's opportunities there where North Union could mm-hmm. develop and some STEM programs that operate out of there, and, and they that would fix be the great building, because yeah. of North Union's proximity, but also Tri Rivers' proximity. So having like a STEM school that. Mm-hmm is in that that is that's the ultimate buzz thing right now that's getting money is is our stem school right and even if not a full stem school per se you see how at jonathan alder because amazon is located nearby even though the reason for awarding the grant isn't 100 percent clear i mean amazon gave jonathan alder a hundred thousand dollars to create this think big space that's intended to get the community involved in STEM activities. And they're catering towards not just the school, but towards adults coming in and using this maker space. So maybe it's not feasible to turn the opera house into an entire STEM school, but to say, hey, there's a maker space in here. You can come and learn these science technology skills. Mm -hmm. Maybe a solar farm would be willing to put money towards something like that. And hey, also the upstairs, you can still rent it out for event space. I mean. Well, I mean, you see what Marysville did with theirs is they throw, as part of it, they throw the robotics components that Honda uses, Mm -hmm. teach the kids how to use them, repair them, things like that. Solar's not going away. Mm -hmm. If you create a solar pathway, solar, you know, repair, development, and ins and outs. In their in their process to to be eligible for the payment in lieu of taxes program, right? One of the one of the things that you have to meet is you have to create a curriculum for the local high school uh, to help understand, you know, the solar but kind of big picture STEM. And if they could create a custom custom design a facility can you imagine if it like they somehow they outfit that whole building with solar panels somehow and turn it into this self-sustaining energy-wise mm. facility or you know almost like a showpiece of what you can do with sustainable renewable ener- energy on existing buildings or anything like I'm sure that's pie in the sky may not probably not feasible but things like that are I think the way <clears throat> they perhaps save that building is by thinking outside the box and moving and finding, hey, what are avenues where people are willing to invest money or give money or the state or whoever, you know, that I hate to say it like this, but I mean, Richwood is kind of owed a bone. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I mean, you cover things up there. The big news up in Richwood a lot of times is you know that they're repave the state's going to repave a state highway and do some improvements to something you know whereas you look at at things opportunities that get dropped into 
Plain City or Marysville or God forbid Jerome's lap. Right. And there's a lot of attention paid to improving things around those facilities. And because Rich was up there in, in a kind of a non-growing corner, agricultural, they don't they don't do much up there, and they never do throw that community necessarily a bone. And in thinking through kind of this podcast and this idea, that was one of the things that just kind of kept coming back to my head is if I were in that community, and I looked at my opera house, and I looked at the Avalon Theater, and I recognized that's 25 minutes south. And it's getting millions of dollars of state money and it's getting support and people are all, you know, love this thing and want to support it and, you know, make it part of the community. And we have an opera house here. Where is that support and where is that love? And, um, you and know, I've I, seen that frustration from being there that the Avalon has gotten so much help that the Richard Opera House needs and they don't know how to get it. Well, they went They went and got sought help from the uh, person who helped raise some of the funds for mm-hmm. And But I don't think that's necessarily the answer. It's proximity and, how do you say it's it? It's a different community. Yeah, I mean, and you don't get the return on your, if you're Honda and you've put your money on, on the Avalon and a lot of people go in and out of there and Marysville's a growing community, okay, you, you know, you put your name on something that's, a community centerpiece. Mm-hmm. If you go up to Richwood, it's a centerpiece, but it's a, it's a very small town that's kind of isolated up there, and I think they feel like maybe they're not getting the the goodwill return on their investment because not enough people are seeing it or whatever. Just I don't know that it's like that, but it clearly doesn't have the corporate support or you know, let alone the state support. You know, it seemed like state money was falling out of the sky at the Avalon right. Theater for a while, and. You know, Richwood's got a crumbling opera house that's been like that for years, and I don't know that the state, state or county's ever put a nickel towards it. I I don't know, and I don't know that, I don't know that, you know, county decision makers have ever even really put that on the ask because it is for those state grants, the county um, or county officials, whether it's the CIC or whoever, um, kind of puts together. A proposal of hey these are some projects that we would like to see you take a look at and then they kind of get weeded out and um, you the county will prioritize them I don't know that the county has ever even put the Opera House on their list of hey at least take a look at this you know Richwood Park the the park got the shelter house and the, the outhouse but but very much the way Diane Allen knew who to call when they wanted state money to rehab the old high school into a STEM school. Very, the way she had the contacts and that money was there quickly. Richwood, I think those people would just need the help. I mean, nobody, nobody in this county is gonna know where available money is or maybe what the hot trends or topics for getting money for projects like this. Nobody is as connected as Dave Birkin and Chris Schmank. Mm-hmm. I mean, they know those people from their state connections. If they just maybe knew, hey, like, we're not going to take this project on, but you might want to consider this. This is, or show them an example from another community. Here, Here's a town in all Glaze County that did this with their old village hall. Mm-hmm. And it got funding, and here's how they got it. You know, something like that. I mean, that's that group, I just think they need some leadership that is 
and I, I don't know if I'm going to say it's quite right, but it needs a more, it needs to look outside of the boundaries of Richwood and even Union County and start looking at, all right, how has this worked somewhere else? What, you know, maybe this isn't exactly what we were thinking, but if we're going to save this thing, we might have to go this avenue, you know, whether we make it a STEM school or a, or a shelter or something, you know, who has done this? Show me, show me a path, not, well, it should be a community center. Right. Well, okay, if that's not going to work and you want to save the building, you're going to have to find another another framework. And they have been looking at opera houses in the village of West Liberty and one in Fort Recovery, Ohio. But from my understanding, the West Liberty one's been restored a lot by donations. And it's just a different community than what Richwood has. And how much did it take? How much did it oh, cost? Oh, it's been 10 to 15 years. But and how much money did I it take? I mean, don't know if it's deal. even completely finished yet to have a total. And is it is it functioning as a community center or what what is it functioning as? Do you know? I don't okay. off the top of my head. Well, that's at least the right idea, but I think you might have to branch out even farther. You, you have to find the success stories and, and mirror your project around that. I mean, and I understand there's going to be a lot of people up there that just want to see that thing be exactly what it was before, whether it be a community center or, you know, village hall or whatever but that may not be feasible to say that they may they may have to get creative all right well that's the show for this week thank you guys for all the good information and thanks to everyone out there for listening if you do enjoy the show please be sure and subscribe to the marysville journal tribune podcast pages you can find us on spotify google Podcasts, apple podcasts and many other podcast streaming platforms so be sure and subscribe to the show and we'll see you next week